Cafe, the launch podcast for brand managers, entrepreneurs, and innovators about how the biggest brand flops, failures, and fuck-ups have shaped their lives. My name's Sam. I'm a brand strategist, consultant, and designer. And if you're in a business like mine, you'll often find that you're bombarded of stories of amazing brand innovators and entrepreneurs that are exploding in growth. My question is, what happens when all of that hype turns to disaster? Uh, What makes some brands take flight while others completely fail at launch? So today I'm joined by my producer, Emma. Hello. In addition to listening to me drone on every week, um, you're an account manager for Fluid Branding. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you. Um, Yeah, my background is in media, advertising and sales and at Fluid I'm, as you say, an account manager. Um, Emma, what do you know about identity theft and its prevention? Well, since I knew we were doing this podcast, I read the first two pages of your script and then I thought, no, 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 no. I need to hear this in real time. <laughs> yeah. So up until this point, well, until a few days ago, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Usually the guests come in cold. Today we've mm. got Emma uh, helping me fill out a gap in my schedule and <laughs> um, doing uh, her best to not have the end spoiled. I want to hear it how everybody hears it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, I, like millions of other Australians, have some personal experience with having my personal details leaked on the internet and uh, having, you know, and having someone use my bank account fraudulently. Really going to struggle with that word uh, throughout this podcast. <laughs> That's like me with familiarity. I can yes. never get that. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, the idea of a product that would help safeguard against, you know, identity theft definitely has an appeal. And have you ever heard of LifeLock uh, outside of the script reading? Outside? No, never have. I have also had my identity stolen uh, recently. Yes, it was only recently with the data breach. I shouldn't say my identity was stolen. It was just that data breach that happened with, was it Medibank? I don't know. There was about six I was involved with last year. So Yeah, it was Medibank for me. Um, so yes, I feel like it's, I mean, it's rampant. It's happening. Yeah. It's crazy. In 2005, Robert J. Maillard and Todd Davis co-founded LifeLock. It's an identity theft protection company that were based in Tempe, Arizona. And Maynard had previously founded Internet America, which was an ISP, uh, back in the late nineties. And Davis had worked at Dell before then founding a group called Marketing Champions. So they've kind of got two different skill sets and they've come together. Minard's first-hand experience with identity theft, which had resulted in a wrongful arrest and a costly legal battle, inspired him to co-create LifeLock. Uh, the company was aimed at protecting people's personal data online. And apparently this uh, situation he got himself into, he was accused of failing to pay back $16,000 from a casino loan that he had never taken out that had led to that wrongful arrest. How terrifying being that. How terrifying just being in that position, just opening your mail and discovering that you've got a bill for $16,000. Well, not just that. Apparently what happened, the way he found out was that uh, police officers arrived at his door and had a warrant for his arrest on the spot. Oh, my God. (gasps) Oh, my God. So the first first he'd heard of it apparently was like, these police officers rocking up and it's like, right, you're off to jail now. Yeah, you, you haven't paid back $16,000 uh, in casino loans. Well, that would be an absolute nightmare. 
So apparently he spent over $20,000 countless hours trying to clear his name. Um, and his experience led him to the creation of LifeLock, which aimed to prevent others from being victimized by identity theft. So together, Minard and Davis set out to create a solution to help uh, other people protect themselves. And uh, they came up with a product that quickly grew into a really successful company. They had thousands of customers, partnerships, and the major credit bureaus and financial institutions who they were working with. So um, they had a really, really successful company there. The idea behind LifeLock is that it's a system with a that's a proactive solution that monitors for identity theft by analyzing various sources of data, such as credit reports, social security numbers, and other personal information. The system provides real-time alerts to in the event of any suspicious activities, such as opening new accounts or changes to credit scores, and unauthorized use of personal information, allowing users to take immediate action to prevent further damage. LifeLock offered several different services, including identity theft protection, credit monitoring, and even dark web monitoring. Their theft protection service included features such as ID verification, credit file monitoring, and alerts of uh, unauthorized use. So a yeah, very, very solid kind of system. The company actually received really significant sort of funding since its inception. In 2006, uh, a venture capital group, Bessemer Ventures, provided $5 million in Series A funding. Wow. Following an initial $2 million of seed investment. So that they straight away, they, they start bringing in uh, really solid investors. Yeah, I guess that's a sign that everybody's panicking and everybody wants a solution to, you know, they don't want to be, they don't want the police knocking on their door. So everybody's happy to invest in a product that will help. Yeah. I mean, Although, given that it's in this podcast, I guess it didn't help, but <laughs> the intent <laughs> to help. I mean, that story is really compelling, isn't it? It's kind of one of those things that as soon as you explain that and you say that could happen to anyone, mm. it is a, a story that, like, you know, makes your gut tighten a little bit and it's a bit, oh. Yeah. So LifeLock had gone through a number of acquisitions. They bought up a number of other companies, including ID Analytics Company, which was a provider of credit and fraud risk solutions in order to build out their portfolio. They then raised $6 million in its Series B funding from Kleiner, Perkins, Caulfield and Byers. And then following uh, that, they had their Series C funding. Following that, they had their Series C funding that raised $25 million. And that was led by Goldman Sachs, um, who we all know thanks to the GFC. GFC. Yeah, this is pre-GFC. At the time, Goldman Sachs Group was a very reputable, well-trusted company who everybody thought was uh, very good with their money. Yeah, they thought they could never fail. Never. Um, All right, so I'm doing the maths quickly in my head and I haven't quite calculated, but it's a shit ton of money. (laughs) Over 35 million. Yeah. Over 35 million in seed money. Absolutely, yep, yep. You've got it down right. So the product launches at a really good price point, very simple price. Uh, the quote from their website was, we charge $10 per month or $110 per year, your choice. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Very, very reasonable, very easy. And in addition to all of the variety of features that they offer, one of their really big claims was that they promised, uh, quote, industry-exclusive $1 million guarantee against any losses resulting from the theft of your identity that you may incur while our client. No loopholes, no fine print, 
as long as you're our client when the theft occurs and you claim your claim is legitimate, you'll have to do whatever you need to to regain your good name and recoup any losses you may experience exclusive to LifeLock. I mean, that's quite compelling. Yeah, it's it's kind of an insurance policy. Um, so the, the company goes along pretty well, like you said, it's doing. Uh, really well in terms of raising funding, um, but it's a pretty niche product still mm. at the time. It's not necessarily something that goes out to everyone. Um, what they did is they really landed with a big splash on the scene in 2006 when Todd Davis, he came from that marketing background, as I said, and he came up with a campaign to promote the credentials of their product. Um, it was a really big, splashy campaign. It got a lot of attention on billboards, they published the social security number of the CEO, Todd Davis. So he put his own social security number out there into the world so that anyone could see it. I kind of love how bold that is. Uh, I love that they've done that. I think that's very bold. I don't think, I don't know if I would be brave enough to do it, but yeah, it definitely makes for a splash. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm going to play you the ad now that that went out onto TV. Um, it is in 240p because this is 2006 and the only copy of it is really low res. So I'll just play that for you now. LifeLock we will cover all losses and all expenses up to $1 million. Call now or go online. Get peace of mind. LifeLock. So guarantees your good name. Pretty uh, pretty compelling sort of uh, ad. Did you have any particular mm -hmm. thoughts? It kind of uses all the right things, testimonials, real-life people. He's out on the street. They seem very confident. They've got their tagline. Like, as we said, it's really bold. I keep having to tell myself this is back in 2006, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so a few years ago now. Yeah, which, which yeah, in internet life, that's so long ago. I, I can't remember how much I was doing online back in 2006. Like, did you have, were you banking online back then or like maybe booking airfare so you'd be putting your passport number in? I'm trying to think like what my actual online usage was or was it more just Facebook? <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, 2006 is actually um, Facebook launches. So you're probably on MySpace. No, oh, So they've, to put you in the right frame of mind, yeah. The... Yeah. So I'm trying to think, was I using, yeah, was I doing all my banking? Like were there all the apps that we have now? I mean, no, that doesn't matter. I'm just trying. No, the iPhone also launched in 2007. So um, no one's yeah. really doing their banking. But I remember at the time seeing uh Okay, this is this shows how old it is. I remember at the time reading newspaper articles in a newspaper about identity theft and hearing stories about how people yeah. had had their identities stolen. But it certainly yeah. wasn't as prevalent as it is today. I mean, just last year I had my uh, personal details leaked online six times. So 
it it yeah. it's definitely I can't imagine in two thousand six. It's a very different kind of world in in that sort of way. But but in terms of the ad, I mean, yeah, I can see how people would sign up. It's for what it is. I should say the the ad features Todd Davis. He's walking around the streets. Uh, he's in this busy city. Um, but he's he's walking around the streets. He's got a, a bullhorn. He's shouting at people. He's handing out copies of his social security number. There's all these baffled members of the public. The camera keeps zooming in and out like an early kind of uh, music video on MTV. <laughs> um, and all these kind of members of the public. And there's a testimonial from the LifeLock customer as well. And then people are like I signed up. And so yeah, it's um, and maybe it's kind of using it's kind of using that fear factor, isn't it? It's kind of like I can give you the problem, but I've also got the solution. It's. I think it's a really early example of good viral advertising as well. You know, it's a. Yeah. It's not a set up piece of film. It's a film that's recording someone doing a stunt in public to extend the life of that stunt much further. You know, it's yeah. a really good example of this is essentially a PR piece. Like you could get PR out of. Um, you know, putting your social security on a billboard. Um, mm. You could get really good PR out of that. But what they've done is they've filmed the whole stunt multiple times, cut it together in an, into an ad and really extended the life of that stunt much, much further. And I think it's a really mm. effective way of advertising. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so the, the campaign launched with uh, an estimated millions that were spent on billboards, TV spots, trucks, uh, websites that were all promoting the product's effectiveness with Todd Davis' actual social security number on full display for anyone to see. So the campaign ran for a number of months, yeah. during which time the Federal Trade Commission began receiving a whole raft of complaints from consumer groups. Uh, so they began investigating LifeLock's marketing practices. The FTC found that LifeLock had made false and misleading claims about the effectiveness of its identity theft protection services in its advertising. Specifically, the company claimed that it provided complete protection against all forms of identity theft and it could stop identity theft before it happened. The FTC alleged that these claims were not true and that LifeLock did not provide the level of protection it promised. The FTC also alleged that LifeLock failed to adequately protect its customers' personal information. The company had marketed its services as providing complete protection against identity theft, but had not taken sufficient measures to protect its own systems from hackers and other cyber threats. And as a result, the personal information of thousands of LifeLock customers was actually compromised and leaked, putting them at risk of identity theft, ironically enough. Oh, that's bad, isn't it? That just feels like a real oh shit moment. Yeah, if your whole game is protecting yeah. personal information pretty bad when you're leaking personal information yeah it does seem like a really big oversight a disappointing oversight yeah i i think part of the initial complaints you know that the statements they made were so broad and sweeping the idea that they could completely protect uh anyone's social security information the the idea that you could be a hundred percent guaranteed that you would get you know, your money back and that you'd be able to restore your good name. I mean, they obviously believed that, right? They were going to offer a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the insurance policy. I yeah. I wonder if maybe they got carried away with the copy and didn't run it through legal, which is something that is usually a good good move. Um, <laughs> We've seen this before, Sam. <laughs> it's not good for marketers to 
jump too headlong into big sweeping claims without double checking them because they can get so excited about the product. And I've seen this with people who get so bought into the thing that they're creating that they forget that. Well, they, get, they just develop blind spots, I guess is probably the best way to say it. They get really overconfident in their own products. Uh, the FTC ordered LifeLock to make a bunch of changes to its advertising and marketing practices, and the company was required to clearly disclose its limitations and the risks associated with its services, as well as to implement stronger data security measures to protect its customers from personal information leaks. There's a, there's a thing that happens sometimes, you know, when you're watching an ad and you get all those terms of services at the end, and it doesn't really mean much to most people. Um, you would have heard um, those kind of like uh, sort of, you know, they're really big in the States whenever they have um, any pharmaceutical ads or paracetamol or anything like that, and they list, they list all of the things that could go wrong if you happen to take yeah. a Panadol. Yeah, kind of lose You lived in that. the States for a bit, didn't you? I was in Canada, and it also Canada. very big in Canada. It's like more, mm. a larger portion of the ad would be telling you about all the things that could happen to you than the actual creator. Mm. Yeah, this isn't the first time I've heard of a company in the US uh, getting in trouble for not having its terms of services written on the ad or, you know, dis uh, disclosed at the end. Uh, very famously, Pepsi, our old friends Pepsi, um, also got in trouble when they didn't disclose that you couldn't buy a Harrier jet with their Pepsi points and awards program. And then someone tried to buy a Harriet jet with the Pepsi points and awards <laughs> program. And that ended up in a 10 year suit. That was a whole story in and of itself. There's a, there's a good doco that's on Netflix. Um, oh that's God. all about that. And I don't know, it's just always fun to mention Pepsi in every single episode, apparently. <laughs> I have a vendetta against Pepsi. <laughs> it's nothing personal. <laughs> So uh, along with yeah. all of those uh, changes, <laughs> in December 2010, the FTC fined LifeLock $12 million for its deceptive marketing uh, practices. That seems like an awful this, lot, can I just say? It was one of the largest fines ever levied against a company by the FTC. It yeah. was a huge amount. That's quite a shocking amount of money for there. Like, could they not have just fined them a little bit less? Well, in the course of the investigation... LifeLock was found to be hiding a pretty critical piece of information from its customers. But that's something that we can talk about more next week. Uh, thanks for joining in today, Emma. Did you learn anything new? I can't wait to hear what happens. I've already learned a lot and I'm really excited to know how this ends. Great. Um, tell the audience at home what you've been working on and where they can find out more about your work. So you can head on over to fluid.au or head on over to um, our LinkedIn page, Fluid Branding. Um, there's some really great case studies on BHP, on Melbourne Water. Um, they're two of our big co corporate clients that um, I look after. Excellent. All right. If you want to know anything more about what we spoke about today, check out the show notes for sources or visit fluid.au. And join us next week while we round out the story of how LifeLock might have failed to launch. The opinions and views expressed on Failure to Launch belong to the individual speaking and do not represent the official views of Fluid Branding.